For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to another edition of the podcast lead singer syndrome i'm your host as always shane told thank you thank you so much for being here with me today and let me tell you metal is my first love it is i remember being what was i 10 years old sneaking into my sister's room when she was out to listen to her Metallica CDs and her Dream Theater CDs. And well, those were the two she had, but I really liked those ones. And once I got into that, it opened up my eyes to so much metal. And I bought the Slayer records and I bought Cannibal Corpse records when I was allowed, etc., etc. And it's funny because a few years later, I got pretty obsessed with punk rock. I never lost my love for metal, but it changed. But that being said, we have had a lot of great metal guests over the past, let's say six months to a year of the show. Everybody from Phil from Whitechapel or George Corpse Grinder Fisher of Cannibal Corpse. We've had some good ones. And today, I got to talk to one of my favorite band's lead singers, Sven from Aborted, Belgian's Finest, a band that just continues to make 
awesome album after awesome album. And their new album, Mania Cult, is out now. It just came out, in fact. And I think it is one of, if not their best album they've put together. So super, super excited to be having Sven on the show today. Stick around for that. Before we get into that segment of the show, I do want to discuss a little business with you. The first one is, if you ever want to drop me a line, give me advice, suggestions for the show, really anything at all, um, if you want me to check out your band, whatever, send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I, I Some weeks I'm good at responding. Some weeks I'm pretty bad, but I do make sure I read them all. So if you want to drop me a line, do that. If you want to support the show, check out the All Access Club. Basically for a few dollars a month, that gets you bonus content and access to a great community. And it's what helps keep this show going week after week for free. So without the members of the All Access Club, my sinners, you know who you are. I love y'all all over the world. We, we have people from so many countries. I should make a list of it, but it is crazy. Just every corner of the globe, seemingly, people have, have come out to support me. And that really means so much. So, you know, that's what keeps the show free. So check it out. The link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Yeah, for as little as $6 a month, it gets you in. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Another reminder, this episode was done live on Twitch. It was. It was live. You can kind of tell in a few spots. And it was really cool because we had some interaction from fans. People popped on and they said hi to me, hi to Sven, and it was really, really fun. And I want to encourage all the regular listeners or really anybody to follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. It's completely free. And a lot of people think of Twitch as this video game platform. Uh, I don't really ever play video games. Um, I play Tetris. That's that's my ex- the extent of it and stupid games on my phone. Um, but I love Twitch. It is such a great platform for music now. So please head over to twitch.tv slash and give me a follow. And remember, just about every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm on there with a guest. And I've had some, I mean, obviously Sven is a big name, but I've had some big names like Jacoby from Papa Roach and Derek from Mayday Parade and Sonny from POD and the list goes on and on. So you don't want to miss that, that kind of interaction that you get to have because when I do these over the phone or I do them in person, there's no audience, right? So it's a cool different spin on something that I've been doing now for, uh, geez, almost, almost six years. six years we're coming up on. It's crazy, crazy, but, but I love it. I love it. And thank you so much, so much for the support. In other news with me, if you live in the San Antonio, Texas area, I'm coming, I'm coming for you. I will be there on September 29th at the Brass Monkey Club in San Antonio. I will be DJing an emo night event From what I understand, they do a really cool job. They have like video screens and it's more than just a little DJ set. They put together some pretty cool production and best of all, no cover, completely free to get in. It's a Wednesday, Wednesday, September 29th. Yeah, come say hi. 
it's going to be a good time. Uh, I look forward to it. Honestly, just getting out of the house is really exciting for me. So going down to Texas and doing this will be a lot of fun. So again, Brass Monkey, September 29th. I will see y'all there. And lastly, we're about six weeks away from really getting started. Silverstein going back on tour across America and a Toronto show. This is making up for our last tour, which was in 2020, early 2020. We got through 10 days of it. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be playing three sets, celebrating 20 years of Silverstein. You don't want to miss it. A lot of shows are already sold out or have low tickets, but we've upgraded a few. We've added some venues. So make sure you go over and check it out at silversteinmusic.com. All right, we're going to get to it. My conversation with Sven from Aborted. Ben. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. How's Thanks. it going? I'm doing. I'm doing awesome. Uh, thank you so much for for doing this, for taking the time. Uh, first off, congrats on the brand new album, by the way. Thanks, thanks. It's uh, it's been fun. So hopefully, people dig it. I definitely dig it um, so much. We're going to talk all about it. Where are you? Where are you calling from? Uh, Belgium. You're in Belgium. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. You know, um, I assumed that you were still living there. Uh, even if, you know, the pandemic has a way of everyone kind of going back to their home countries, uh, and not spending too much time, you know, elsewhere I'm in Canada right now, you know, but with your bands, you know, so spread out now, I, I wondered if that was kind of where you still called home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I lived in Israel for a while and, uh, I moved back here in 2013 and haven't, uh, 14 and haven't moved since. So nice. Still right, right on Belgium. And you know, it's funny, you know, a lot of people don't know, even though obviously aborted is from Belgium, you're, you're, you know, you guys started there. A lot of people at this point still think you're an American band. Isn't that interesting? Do you, do you ever get that? I have no idea. I mean, I'm not American, <laughs> but half the band is American, so right. it's not that far-fetched, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. So, uh, part of the reason that you're here, we're talking about the brand new album, Mania Cult, which just came out on Friday yep. on Century Media, Turning Heads. Um, I've lost count of which album this is for you guys, but I know it's more than 10. I, I feel like once you get to 10, just whatever, right? It's, uh, nah, it's, it's <laughs> album, whatever it's album. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, you know, it's, it's funny though. It doesn't, it seems really fresh and I, I just listened to it again, I think for the third time. And I think now I can say for sure it's my favorite aborted record and part of why is because there's so much diversity on this album. The record sounds real. I read that you guys actually recorded it remotely, not even together. Yeah. And it does not yeah. sound like that. It sounds like a band in a room, which doesn't happen that often anymore in the genre. Yeah, I, uh, th that was the biggest challenge during this whole pandemic. I mean, writing wise, we're, you know, we're used to working remotely since you know we got the two americans we got uh stefano who's in italy and i'm in belgium so we're used to working this way that wasn't really a problem but usually when we record we're just you know locking ourselves up in the studio for a month right and just being hyper focused on the record so this time around it was, it was very different 
Ken had to drive out in the middle of, I think it was second wave or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. to San Francisco. He was kind of sketched out by it to record at Zach Lauren's place. Uh, we did the drums and then Ian did the guitars at home. Uh, Stefano recorded at home as well. And I, I went to the studio with a friend of mine who, you know, lives pretty close by like 10 minutes. Uh, I think the main difference is that we really took our time to get everything right since we had the luxury of time. So there's nothing else going on. Uh, I think that really helps to, towards the quality of the record. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You really wouldn't know that. And it does sound so cohesive. And it sounds like a band that, that was together at least for more than a month. How are you guys writing songs at this point? You know, because obviously like... I'm sure, you know, most bands, it comes, it comes like there's a riff, there's an idea, uh, you know, people are adding their own parts, pre-production happens, but then a lot of times the things will change, right? You get in a room, you start to go over the songs. Okay. We want this to change this to change. That's not really a luxury you had. So did the, did the songs kind of evolve a lot from the original ideas and, and vocally kind of, how did you approach it? They didn't change so much. I mean, by the time we start pre-production, we usually already go through like, I don't know how many iterations it is for, for every song. Uh, everybody in the band, since we used to working remotely, knows how to use uh, recording software. They all use Cubase. Okay. So usually Ken writes a lot of the material. Uh, I think he wrote all but one of the songs on the on the new record. So... He usually comes up with some ideas and then, you know, we, we kind of bounce back on that. Uh, usually I get involved more on a structure kind of way uh, to help structure the, the songs. Uh, but a lot of times it's just can fine tuning stuff. I, I know some of the songs went through like maybe I think Portal to Vacuity went to maybe 20 different demos before <laughs> it got to where we wanted it to really be, you know, structure wise. Wow. Um, and to, you know, that, I think that one definitely took the longest time to write. Some of them were done in, in just one shot. As far as the vocals go, I usually, I listen to the demos, the songs, I already come up with vocal parts first. And then I'll record some stuff with gibberish words and I'll only write the lyrics afterwards. So I I fit the words to fit the patterns rather than writing words and then trying to fit it into the song. For me, that doesn't work. So, Uh, but the same, you know, we do pre-productions with the vocals and everything. And then, you know, everybody has their say on it. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I I hate what I did and I'll go back and change it. And, and, And the same with the songs, you know, sometimes, you think a demo's really cool and then the vocals get on it and either it'll be better or it, it sounds like shit and you're <laughs> like, eh, maybe you should change it. Uh, I love it. I love your honesty with that. And, and you know, <laughs> obviously the record's coming out now. Um, it's a weird time to put a record out. You know, you guys aren't going on the road until next year. Um, you haven't yeah. been on the road in, I mean, you guys weren't even on the road when the pandemic hit. So it's been a couple years. Uh, when did you actually write and record this thing? Was this done pre-pandemic uh, or was it like, okay, fuck, we can't do anything. Let's let's write a new record and, and record a new record. Well, we already planned on, on doing a new record. We started recording it in February this year. We were supposed to be on tour when the pandemic actually started. So everything got shut down, I think, like two, three weeks before a U.S. tour of Napalm Death was supposed to start. Oh, yeah. Bummer. So we started writing already around that time. So we, we already started writing before the, the pandemic hit. But yeah, that was a plan. We just took more time since we had the luxury of time. 
And we didn't want to delay the record either. I mean, we were supposed to actually go on tour because shows are happening now. We just it's hard to actually get a tour going because every country has very different regulations and oh yeah it just seems too risky at this point so we moved it back to february but yeah we actually had it planned for september for the tour and then the tour got moved but we decided you know why postpone the record it's just it's done and yeah might as well you know let the fans enjoy it and, and put it out no for sure and obviously you guys are known i mean i wouldn't say you're known as a live band you're known you know for your records too but like obviously like in any underground genre like that's what pays the rent is shows yeah. but at the same time you know people are still consuming music and listening to new shit and I feel like it's kind of a mistake for bands saying, well, we're not fucking going on the road until we can, you know, I mean, we're not putting out a fucking record until we can go on the road. I think that's very short sighted in terms of continuing to grow your audience and like, you know, not people not forgetting about you guys. I mean, all in all, you're a band uh, and, and you can do all these things fang- uh, thanks to the fans. So I don't think it's really fair to hold out on something because you want to be able to tour on it. I, I think you should, you know, if you just put it out for the fans, I mean, they're going to come to the shows anyway. So, you know, there's enough crap going on. If, if we can, you know, brighten up someone's day, we put out the record and, and having given them some music, then I mean, that that's what else can you wish for? You know, I love it. So that, that <laughs> that's cool. You know, and we've seen for the pandemic too, you know, when, when it hit and we had to cancel the tour and we had all this, this huge merge bill and all that. Yeah. Uh, Metal sucks made an article and we saw just, you know, we didn't know what to do at that point, but the fans really supported us and, and, you know, everybody bought a lot of merch and, and helped us overcome that hurdle. So who are we to hold up out something for the fans? You know, they, they've helped us through this period. So that's the least that we can do for them. Absolutely. And, and Sven, the, the amazing irony of a death metal band called aborted really getting, really getting into brightening someone's day is, is amazing. I, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That's uh that's incredible. But you know, I tell you, man, your new record, it does make me smile. Like there are parts, man. I'm just like, I just at the gym on the treadmill, just jamming out to that record. Just being like, just like I'm smiling. And like, people probably think I'm listening to, I don't know, fucking Bruno Mars or Ricky Martin or something on the treadmill. And, uh, here I am like jamming out to the new aborted record. And it really does. It really is uplifting, which is kind of an amazing thing. It's, uh, what we're going for. Uh, so, okay, let's get back to your vocals. I mean, you're capable of doing so much with your voice and you brought up that really interesting, uh, thing a little while back about using gibberish vocals and words, um, uh, you know, to kind of like, you know, figure out what you're going to do and what works with the music and, and the rhythms, the rhythms being, being super important. I've kind of got two, two part question here. The first one is how do you decide with so much different stuff you can do? Like everything from the high, the high screaming to the classic guttural death metal vocals, the double vocals, uh, even some like modern hardcore vocals I heard in there. How do you decide when to do what and also, I guess the, the other question is, do you ever find the gibberish vocals, you kind of like some of the words you kind of have to keep because they have the right plosives and the right sounds and you end up kind of keeping some of them? You made the gibberish stuff? Yeah. Um, 
I don't keep the gibberish. I always put lyrics to it, uh, or at least I try to. Um, I just mean like there's always that time when you'll be like, you'll just say something and it'll be like, kill, and it'll have that like hard K, and you'll be like, I need a word that has that like hard syllable or that like word that I can scream the same way, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the way I approach vocals is, is is more like an instrument than it is singing, because I, let's be honest, nobody wants to hear me sing, so... It doesn't matter so much. Uh, I, oh, you don't want to hear me sing, trust me. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I approach it like like an instrument more so. So I, I listen to, to the riffs and it's more about the pacing and, and the cadence and the rhythms, where you put the words exactly, how to make it interesting. And after that, it's, it's more about, okay, which type of voice works on what riff to accentuate the music that's already there. Either you'll do it to enhance the the type of vibe that is there, or exactly the opposite to kind of counter that, right? To make it something different. So th that's sort of how I approach it. Sometimes it works, and sometimes got to go back to the drawing board. Because like for that one song I mentioned, "Portal to Acuity," my first demo that I did was way too black metal to call it that, and way way too much of the goblin whatever voices. <laughs> and the band was like, "Well, that doesn't really sound like us anymore." So I kind of had to go back in and, and you know add more gutturals and, and and do different things to make it fit. That's where you know you you got to kind of counter the black metal vibe or something else rather than just going with it. Right. And, and that's something I really like about the record, though. And I like the Goblin. I wasn't sure what to call it. Like, it's it's kind of like Cradle of Filth, almost style um, vocals. Like, like go I like the Goblin uh, approach. That's that's good. And, yeah, and I call it the Goblin or the shitty voice. It's, <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> that works. Um, Necrogoblin, someone says in the chat, Necrogoblin is, is offended. Um, no, they're not. No, they're not <laughs> offended. You, those guys can't get offended. They're the most fucking funniest band in the world. Um, now, uh, talk to me about the lyrics on this thing. Um, obviously, like, I haven't had a deep dive yet. The record's only been out for a few days to kind of, like, really look at what the lyrics are. Um, I, I am interested in though, kind of what the themes are behind this record. You've always had great lyrics and I've always liked how you've kind of, um, masked some different subject matter into like kind of death metal, which I feel like doesn't get done enough in the genre. Like a lot of people are a little too serious about it. Uh, so talk to me about that. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, that's what this record is again. It's a different subject matter thrown into the, the death metal sauce to, you know, make it fit the universe. Uh, a lot of, some of the stuff is serious. Some of the stuff is flat out super silly. I mean, there's two <laughs> songs about shit. So one of the lines is, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Trees for me come from the Brown Canal. So, you know, that's not too serious. <laughs> that's all, you know, grotesque is actually about uh, eating a burrito bowl and shitting your brains out. So... <laughs> <sighs> we got the silly ones taken care of because Terror Vision, I forgot to write a song about Poop, so I did two on this record. Uh, Drag Me to Hell is literally about the movie Drag Me to Hell because I thought it was a way over the top, silly, uh, funny, uh, oh, goofy horror movie that got overlooked. And I, I think it just kind of grabs the essence of what this band is. I mean, it's we're all about horror, we're very extreme music, but at the same time, we have a sense of humor, and I, I think that makes us who we are. Uh, so that one, you know, is, is for that. But a lot of the subject matter that is more serious is, is actually dealing with um, 
either mental health issues uh, or just the general state of, of, you know, what we've been going through as a society for the last couple of years, the polarization uh, of, of everything that's going on, the, the craziness, all of that stuff is, is sort of worked in there in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And Drag Me to Hell, I did notice that as a song title, and I, I assumed it was probably about it. Um, it's very on the nose, but it's, it's, it's funny because whenever I just saw a movie um, over the weekend, uh, what the fuck was it called? Um, Malignant. Malignant. Yeah, Malignant. Yeah, and I liked it. I, saw it too. I liked it too. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Maybe just because I haven't gone to the movies in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it gave me just the right amount of like, uh, it kind of dragged me to hell esque, like ridiculous sort of mm-hmm. um, over the top. But I'll always reference Drag Me to Hell as one of my favorite modern horror movies because like the fucking ending is so good and um i love that you you know you're bringing it back because that movie's got to be what like 15 years old it's pretty old i think it's from in the late 2000s or something like that i think it was a little overlooked and uh it cracked me up like hell when i was i saw it in the theater like yeah how the girl gets shit in her mouth all the time (laughs) and her hair pulled out every two seconds is just hilarious yeah i know i love it so much um that's great, man. So you you brought up um, your drummer Ken a few times, and how obviously yep. like he's he's super integral to you know aborted and what you guys are doing. He's becoming your principal songwriter. Um, but the story, I mean, I mean, he was only twenty years old when he came into the band. Yeah. Uh, what about ten years ago? You know, obviously there's an age gap there. Um, what did it mean to you guys to you know for you to find someone that good? obviously that dedicated to this. Um, do you think that his youth has brought kind of a different sort of personality and, and influence to the band? I don't know if his, his youth has, has brought, uh, or that his, his age has any, had anything to do with it. Um, maybe on the writing. Cause he listens to actually, I want, that might not be true. Cause <laughs> I would say he listens to a lot of more modern stuff, but to be honest, Ken listens to a lot of pop music, right? <laughs> He doesn't listen to a lot of death metal, to be honest, and uh, he likes some of the techie stuff, you know, like the faces and all that, uh, that kind of shit. Uh, he was in Abigail Williams before, and you know, he likes uh, Cradle of Filth, was one of his favorite bands. I remember when we took him in the band, his email address was Cradle of Filth fan uh, and then a number, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I was like, dude, you probably should change that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's been a very important part of the band, and. Um, I think he just grew uh, with the band. Uh, we've become very close friends throughout the years. He's he's like a brother to me. And uh, the longer he was in the band, the more he started contributing. He didn't feel very comfortable with it at first, but every record that passed, he was writing more and more songs. So until now, then you know, maniacal. He I think he wrote almost everything. So yeah, um, so he must be a pretty good guitar player too if he's bringing in uh, yeah. that stuff. Which is it's always interesting to see that you know, like whenever you'll hear it's like the old Beatles thing where someone asked Paul McCartney if Ringo Starr is the the best drummer in the world, and and Paul McCartney says the world he's not even the best drummer in the band (laughs) and you know you know and there's a lot of um it's like when you play sports as a kid and there's like there's one kid that's like just the best at every single aspect of the sport it's kind of like that in bands sometimes where it's like he's the best drummer he's the fucking best guitar player he can sing pretty well you know there's always seems to happen in music 
Yeah, if Ken starts doing vocals, I'm gonna slap him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, it, it's funny though because there's even a, a solo from Ken on the record that the leading grotesque is, is played by him, so he even has some of that stuff on there. But yeah, he's an extremely talented guy, and uh, I mean, he does that's all he does all the time play music, so. Right. Well, yeah, I, I think I can hear some of the different influences, too, uh, with, you know, some of the songs. I mean, it, it, obviously, it sounds like aborted, and, and that is obviously thanks to you and, and the genre. But, you know, there are some younger bands doing some great things. And, you know, a band like the Acacia Strain, which is on your tour in February, you know, that's obviously a different world, um, not a European metal band it's it's a like a boston hardcore band um bringing in that kind of diversity onto your tour i think is really cool and and something that maybe some bands that are 25 years old wouldn't want to do maybe i don't know i think it's interesting to just have a very uh varied bill uh because i mean i don't see the point in, in going to a show and seeing the same or sort of the same band four times or five times in a row yeah so personally to me it brings a lot more variety to the evening and as well you know it, it might turn some people that don't necessarily like extreme metal or some people that don't exactly know what the acacia strain sound like you know discover them and, and and get to know their music so you know you're exposing people to new stuff and expanding their their horizons some might like it some might not but i think it's interesting you know to to, to get that you know diversity and, and knowledge out to people What's the weirdest tour you've ever been on or bill or bill you've ever been on where you were like, what the fuck are we doing here? Has that ever happened? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's happened. I mean, um, it, the weirdest, I would say where we were most out of place was definitely the tour we did with creator in Europe. It was also the biggest tour we've ever done. Oh yeah. That was creator, Sepultura, Soilwork and us. So we're the only band with blast beats and like, retarded vocals and all that kind of stuff well you know <laughs> creator a fresh metal band sepultura you know uh, much closer to that and then soul work are like the, the swedish melodic death metal band so we we would play like arenas on that tour i had no idea that creator was that big yeah. at that time and super cool band super cool people great you know all around and it was insane to sometimes wake up and you just walk in the venue and, oh, it's an arena. And you're just playing blast beats for people that probably never heard that stuff. So that was strange, but very fulfilling. Yeah. Well, I think it's better to be the more extreme band, though. Like, you know, you, you, I mean, I guess it's never going to really happen to you where you're going to be on a tour where it's like, we're like the soft band. But, you know, you would, you'd hate to be on a... I can't think of a band, but like, you know, you wouldn't want to be this super soft band, but you know, Casey strain is different from you guys. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what your fans, you know, think of, think of them. They're different, but I think they're still very heavy, you know, oh, yeah. and, and Vincent's got great vocals. So I'm, I'm not worried for them at all. No, I love Vincent the guys. Uh, guys, incredible. Um, he's someone I got to get on the show. Uh, you got some guest vocalists on this record too, which I didn't even, to be honest, didn't really know. Um, it's not listed on Spotify or anything. Uh, I read that you have Joe from Fit from Autopsy, Rio from Crystal Lake, uh, Philip from In Reverence, Humanity's Last Breath. Yep. Talk to me about getting them on, how that worked. Um, and you know, obviously your vocal style is so diverse. Do you even need other people? Like, I feel like you can kind of pull off anything. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's fun to just have your friends involved on the record. I, I always think that's really fun. And 
they still have very different vocals than you know than what I do. Yeah. So it was really fun getting them on board. Uh, Joe is someone that I met when he did his, his very first tour with Fit for an Autopsy. It was with us. And he's a fantastic singer and a super cool guy. So I was very happy to have, you know, have his uh, vocals on there. Same with Philip. I'm huge uh, in reverence. Uh, he made his last breath fan. So it was great to have him on there. Rio was really out of the box thinking because yeah. I'm sure, you know, people go like, what, Crystal Lake and on a death metal band? But he's an incredible singer and he's very versatile. So it's. His part is really cool on the record. I'm very happy that he did it. Uh, not to forget, you know, we got Ben Dewar from Shadow Intent uh, on the last track on the record right. too. Who's probably one of the most insane vocalists out there right now. So yeah. it's <laughs> very cool to have him on there. Yeah, he sure he sure is. Um, man, awesome. This is this has been great. Thank you for being so um, so forthcoming and honest with everything you've said so far. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this question. I know it's maybe a little annoying, but. We're going back 25 years to the band name. Uh, obviously, it's always been controversial. The story goes that it was chosen so that you could be at the front of uh, CD racks with you know letter A, A, B. Now, obviously, with um, CD racks being less important and stores not being selling records, um, abortion being a super hot topic, do you kind of sometimes wish maybe you called the band something else? No, I thought it was, it was smart back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it, we wanted something short, easy to remember, catchy, and still be sort of offensive, but also <laughs> not necessarily linked to abortions or whatever. So there's many you know meanings to the word, and we've never really taken a stance on any of that stuff uh, in our lyrics. Uh, right. But yeah, uh, seeing how things are going now, it's uh, definitely a hot topic. Right. I, I, I saw your, your Instagram post about getting canceled in Texas, which was <laughs> pretty good. It's funny how many people didn't get that joke, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's also like, I mean, it, it, it works for you guys and your band's personality and everything, too. But like, yeah, there's obviously people that are going to be offended and it's a serious issue right now going on uh, in yeah. the States, so. What can you do? Absolutely. What can you do? Well, uh, I got a fan question here uh, from from Barry Peters. He asks you this question, which I thought was also a funny question. What does he think is the biggest band in metal with an unreadable band logo? Oh, wow. Now, aborted, <laughs> I, I, it's pretty readable as far as metal band, you know, extreme metal band logos go. You can tell it says aborted, but there are some. You got any thoughts on on the most unreadable logo from the from the biggest band? I'd have to say Hell Decapitation. Okay, yeah. Is it is it unreadable? I'll pull it up. It's 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 a splatter. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I know how to read it, but I'm assuming for people that never you know looked at any death metal logos, they might be like, "What is this?" <laughs> right, I know. But you know, you you see those like like some death metal fest, and like you know, when it has in parentheses underneath, you know what. <laughs> The band is. I always thought yeah, that that's, yeah. that's like one but of my I mean, favorite the things. Was the biggest one, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I just, I just love that. I mean, obviously, like, how much does it take away from your band if nobody can ever read your band logo? <laughs> Honestly, I don't really think it matters. <laughs> Probably doesn't. Anyway, man. Um, people are loving "Drag Me to Hell" in the chat. People are asking the best three songs for someone to get into aborted. Um, man, I. 
I would say just start with the new record and work your way backwards. Would you agree with me, Sven? I think so. I think it's uh, easier to get into than some of the other records, and there's a lot of diversity in there. So it's got a lot of the newer things that we're doing, and it's got a, a lot of the older stuff that came back as well. So I think it's a, probably a pretty well-rounded record, kind of covering everything we've done in our career, more or less. Absolutely. Do you have, looking back, and, and I feel like I wouldn't ask everybody this but i know you're cool so i'm going to ask you do you have a least favorite album you've put out in your career oh yeah <laughs> or a couple <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's, it's quite no i, I fucking hate strychnine I, I hate that record i hope it i wish it was never made and it, it rots in hell wow yeah. <laughs> wow okay that's strong words um what a yeah. what a and it's you know it's it's um it's got two one three which is my birthday uh, February 13th. So I feel partially responsible for this album. What, uh, you're not, <laughs> I'm partially responsible. <laughs> what, what, what happened? What is it about this record that makes you hate it so much? Uh, it goes from everywhere from the songwriting to the way it was recorded, to the actual production, to the place, the band and the lineup was in at the time. Uh, it, 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 there was just some people in the band that wanted to take the band into a very different musical direction, uh, which I wasn't very much into. Right. Uh, and it, 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 it failed. It sucked. And to this day, I still think it's a piece of shit. So, you know, I'll just be honest about that. That's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, we all got one. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously nobody from that era of the band is still in the band. You've had a lot of lineup changes, yeah. but you've been consistent since, well, you know, Ken's been in the band for 10 years and, and, uh, Ian and Stefano have also been in the band for a while now. Uh, I guess you've kind of found the people that understand both, the progression moving forward of what aborted wants to do and also preserving the legacy uh, of what you have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's more than that. It's also, we're like a family, you know, we're really good friends and we're all looking in the same direction. We all have the same expectations from the band and we're all the, we're all in this band for the simple reason of, of making music and having fun together. And I think that's the most important thing to even do this music. You know, we're all fine with making financial sacrifices when you have to do, even if it, you know, if it benefits us being happier, then that's what we'll do. We're not in this for money or, or any of the other bullshit reasons to do this. Uh, for us, it's, it's, it's all about having a good time. And if I wouldn't have a good time, I wouldn't be doing this anymore. And I think that's what, you know, the, the glue that keeps this band together. We're, we're, we're a tight unit and we, we work well together. And, and whenever we hang out, we, we have the best time. So, nice. you know, that, that's, that's really what matters at this point. You know, music is, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But for us, that's, that's the most important. That freaking rules. Uh, a couple questions here from uh, Dagger Daddy 914 Hi, Dagger Daddy. Uh, ideas on different merch, comic about Waylon action figure line. Well, we did the one action figure and it was quite a pain in the ass to get done. It was yeah. more than a year worth of work. So I don't know huh. if we'll be doing more. Uh, but yes, we were working on multiple ideas to keep Waylon alive. So keep your eyes open on the merch. We, we got some pretty crazy ideas coming up. For sure. Nice, nice. I lo I love that. And um, yeah, I mean, you're you're obviously your your merch is is great, and your logo is great. Um, do you work with the same designer all the time? Do you have a Do you have a bunch of different people that do this stuff? Because 
obviously like some of the best merch in metal i think you guys have thank you um we have a couple of people we work with uh i always try to find some new ones to work with as well uh but there's been the go-to people for at least the last 10 years probably uh i'm a designer myself as well oh, cool. that's my day job yeah so okay I try to keep the art direction in, in the way that I want it and, and the things that, you know, I, I want to have out there for the band or the brand or however you want to see it. But yeah, I, we work a lot with Koki Greenway, uh, Robert Porbus, Grind Design is someone we work a lot with. Uh, there's been a, a multitude of artists that we work with. Uh, for the album covers, we've been working with Parallel Lopeson, for example. So it, it depends. I usually pick the artists uh, depending on the exact type of design that we're looking for. Nice. No, it makes sense. If that's, if that's the field that you're in, you, you know, what's good mm-hmm. and you know, you know, your own limitations sometimes, right. With, with stuff, which is sometimes not always easy for people. So that's, that's a beautiful thing uh, for people want, that want to get their hands on some aborted merch. Great stuff over at indiemerch.com slash aborted. And one thing I really respect about you guys is that you, you know, you have like really good stuff, like full color merch and everything. And you guys are managed to keep your, your prices low too. Uh, you know, most of your shirts are only like 20 bucks, um, like really quite, quite reasonable. So that's, that's really cool as well. Yeah. I mean, people already, you know, a lot of times on tour, they're already paying for the, for the tickets. And I think, you know, it's, it's a shirt, you know, how, how much are you going to charge people for a shirt? So I think yeah. 20 bucks is, you know, very fair, reasonable price. We, you know, we make enough out of that on the 20 bucks. And for me, that's enough, you know, as long as people are able to afford them, especially now. Uh, plus there's, you know, there's multiple bands on the tour, you know, people should be able to afford shirts from multiple bands on the tour, not just from a headliner. Awesome. Good for you. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Cause you know, metal, like that was the old joke about, about like when you used to get some of the hardcore bands started going on like Slayer tours or whatever. It's like, Oh, all of a sudden their, their shirts went from $15 to $40, you know, like overnight. Cause met like metal has been overpriced, you know, and it's, it's cool that you guys are keeping it real. Yeah. I mean, we, we know the pain of being price matched to something <laughs> insane and it, it's not cool. I wouldn't pay that much money for a shirt. So why would anyone else, you know, right on, right on. Okay. One final question here. What's your favorite football team in Belgium and is Romilly Lukaku, uh, I'm not a well-versed football fan, uh, the best player in Red Devils history. Are you a fan? I'm going to be... I, I absolutely hate football and soccer. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> As, especially since this pandemic, I've grown a very large hate <laughs> towards the sport. So, okay. It, it, there, yeah, the reason is uh, to give it some context that governments, uh, for example, right now, this actually got released uh, tonight. Uh, shows, metal shows, whatever, people are forced to show. Uh, proof of vaccination or, or negative tests uh, to go to metal shows, and they have to, they, they can only allow seventy five percent of the capacity of a venue to be allowed uh, uh, to to have the event happen. However, when it gets to soccer matches, you can have uh, fifteen or seventy thousand people together, no rules, no nothing. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. I'll agree with you on that one. So. Over here in Europe, uh, I'd say that the the uh, you know the entertainment industry has eaten a lot of shit over soccer the, the last few years. So 
that's why I'm not too happy with the sport to put it that way. Hey man, I can totally respect that, that mindset. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, you know, things are going to get back to some assimilation of normal in Europe. I know obviously a lot of people are touring America right now because most of the States are like, well, fuck it, whatever. Um, but Europe, obviously it's a lot tougher with all the different countries and rules and, and getting everyone on the same page. But uh, I wish you the best with your tour in February. Congrats on the new record, which is out now. Uh, Mania Cult, not Mania Cult. Mania Cult, that's how you're saying it. I get it. I got it. I got it now, finally, after listening to the record three times. Mania Cult is out now. Everybody check it out. IndieMerch.com slash aborted. Go get your stuff. Sven, thank you very much. Anything else to tell the people before I uh, let you get on with your day? Or night. I hope they enjoy the record and uh, we'll be on tour in the States normally before next summer. So really looking forward for that and uh, to see everybody out there. Nice. I can't wait. Sven, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Take care, man. And there it is with Sven. He was great, man. I, I love how real that dude is. Doesn't take himself too seriously. And I got to tell you, once again, make sure you go and check out the new record from Aborted. It will blow you away, but it's just so damn catchy at the same time. I love this record. It's probably my favorite metal release of the year, and it might be my favorite Aborted album. I think it is. So head over and check it out. Mania Cult, out now on Century Media Records. And I want to thank everybody over there for arranging this interview, and I want to thank Sven for staying up late all the way in Belgium and coming on Twitch and talking to me. And a reminder to follow me on Twitch. Once again, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Every Tuesday, just about 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm on there with a guest. And every Wednesday at 6 p.m., me and Mike Howell are on there doing the new noise live, talking about all the new records that are coming out. Okay? So come over. Come over. It is a good, good time. I will leave you with a tune. We talked about this song, so let's play it. Here it is. Drag Me to Hell from Aborted on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. Yeah!